So what's the biggest surprise you've ever had at Christmas? The biggest surprise I ever had at Christmas was in 2005. I was actually pregnant with my son, and I had just become a pastor's wife. So the impact of knowing what it would be like to be Mary, be in her shoes, was really surprising and really cool. So last Christmas, I got a big surprise. I had just gotten engaged and my future grandma-in-law, so my fiance's grandma, gave me a brooch that had been in their family for like decades. And it had the, my initials on it, my first name and my middle name. And it was just really cool because I it was totally unexpected. And I felt like it was a reminder that God knows where I'm gonna be each Christmas way before I do. Well, I think Christmas can be full of wonderful surprises. I'm John Fuller, along with Diane Angolia, who manages our guest relations department. I remember one time, Diane, I wasn't expecting it, but I got a used set of wood clamps for Christmas one time. Wow. It was like a garage sale purchase. But I still have them. It's been t- it's been thirty plus years, and I still have those but clamps. But do you use I them? I do still oh. use them. It was sort of like awesome. I'm glad you felt comfortable giving me something pre-owned gotcha. that didn't cost an arm and a leg. Hmm. Uh, how about you? Any good good memories of surprises? Well, it's kind of hard to surprise me, but it's not hard for me to surprise others. Okay, which is what I. Well, really I'm looking forward to this Christmas. I, then I know, really. <laughs> I've told you the low bar I have. <laughs> oh, that's so true. <laughs> but I even like to. Join in a surprise with people I've never met. And let me give you an example. We have had several families that bring their families to focus on the family for Christmas vacation. Right. But one dad called me nine months before December to let me know his plans of coming. And he wanted me to help him make it memorable for his family. This is a planner. I this like it. This is a planner. Nine months. And uh, his kids were huge Adventures and Odyssey fans. So the week before Christmas, he surprised his three kids with plane tickets to an undisclosed location. The next day, they drove to his local airport, but before going in, he blindfolded the kids and he had them all wear earbuds so they couldn't know where they were going. (laughs) He he must have had cooperation with the authorities. Uh, Well, apparently, yes. Well, he even asked the flight attendant to not announce the city when he arrived in Colorado Springs. So this is what she said over the intercom. We'd like to welcome you to this beautiful undisclosed location. Location. (laughs) (laughs) Then he blindfolded them before they got off the plane and had them put their earbuds back in so that they still wouldn't know where they were as they walked through the airport. He is very serious about this. Well, the kids had to stay blindfolded on the way up from the airport all the way to... It's about a half hour drive. It is about a half hour drive. He parked out in front. He guided the kids over to the Focus on the Family sign in front of the building and had them remove their blindfolds. Immediately, all three kids shouted the ending line that you hear at the end of every Adventures in Odyssey episode. Adventures in Odyssey, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80995. I was. That's great. Isn't that great? I, I, ho- I hope front. that that is something. His kids will never forget. They that. will never forget that. Yeah. And we just did a special tour. We went to the Welcome Center. They had Wadfam chalk sods at uh, Wits and Soda Shop. It was a wonderful Christmas surprise had by all. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that great? It is. Well, speaking of surprises, we're going to hear now about a surprise. It's a really great, powerful audio drama called The Innkeeper's Dream. 
This is actor David Shelton, who passed away in 2012, but this drama still impacts people today. And I know, no matter what your age or stage in life is, you're going to be touched by this beautiful story. Oh, Theodius, it's you. How long have you been standing there? Uh, well, none of your jokes now. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you if you smile that hideous smile at me and shout good morning like you did yesterday, I'm going to throw you right out of here. If you're hungry, help yourself to some bread. It's old, so eat all you like, but watch out for your teeth. Hmm. What a night. I feel like the sole of a sandal. And it, it's all Caesar's fault. How do you like my cosy little inn today, eh? It wasn't this popular yesterday, was it? Usually I have, what, uh, two, three travelers for the night. <laughs> Would you like to guess how many I have right now? <laughs> oh, come on, guess. G- guess. I, I, I do not make fun of you when you are wrong. Come on, take a guess. Huh? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> I have 21 guests. I have even turned away regular customers because I haven't any room left. All of Bethlehem is like this, and all because of the census. Caesar is very hungry for our money, so Quirinius has ordered the census. And with the census comes the taxation, and we must be taxed. Or Caesar won't be able to afford his gladiators, his feasts, his conquests. But it's, it's not just Rome, Theodius. I know, I know the order came down from Quirinius, but I say Herod had a hand in it too. Otherwise, why would everyone be ordered to return to the homes of their fathers to be counted? Eh? Only a Hebrew would know to arrange that. A Jew, Theodius, like you and me. I say it was Herod's idea, and I say he's getting rich from it, at our expense. (sighs) Well, the census brought me a lot of business, but it's not easy. (laughs) I had to put two families together in that upstairs room. And uh, both of the rooms at that end have, have families in them. Then, late last night, a very large family offered me three times the price for any room I had left. But I didn't have any rooms left, so I rented them mine. They they didn't bother telling me until they were already settled in, but they intended to pay me in goat meat. Goat meat on the hoof. One of their very fine, valuable goats decided to eat my rug. There's a hole in the rug by your left foot. Yes, yeah. So, we... um, we ate the goat for dinner. <laughs> well, it was either eat the goat <laughs> or let the goat eat the inn. <laughs> so we ate the goat. <laughs> and there was plenty for everyone. You see, the family had formed a, a, a sentimental attachment to this particular goat, and they didn't seem to have very much of an appetite. <laughs> so they, well, they, they may have gotten my room, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I got their gold. <laughs> I got their gold. <laughs> yeah. 
have. You probably didn't see that man sleeping there in the corner, did you? And he paid me good money for that spot. He was glad to get it, too. So was the one sleeping by the water jar there. Every available space is rented. Even the stables. No, no, I'm not kidding. It was, it was necessary. There was nothing else left. Well, late, very late last night, a young couple came in from... Um, um, Nazareth, yes, Nazareth. And I had to put them somewhere. The girl was about to have a baby. Any moment she was about to have a... And that is very frightening to consider when they're standing right in front of you. And I couldn't just let them wander around, could I? I thought about letting them stay in here, but there would be no privacy should the baby come. This floor would make a very hard bed, so I showed them the stable. I, I cleaned out one of the stalls. I brought in clean straw. Um, uh, oh, I brought all of the blankets I could spare from in here. And Joseph, the young man, Joseph, um, he repaired the manger. Oh. He said if the baby doesn't come today, he'll rehang that door so that it will close properly. Of course, if the baby does come, I suppose I'm stuck with the door like it is. And the girl, uh, Mary, seems very sweet, very calm. Doesn't seem a bit nervous about having the baby so far from home. So that's, um, that's how my day went to this. Busy, busy, busy. And when it was over, there was no bed for me. So this is where I slept. If it weren't for Rome, business wouldn't be so good. But at least young couples about to have babies wouldn't have to search in the middle of the night for a warm place to sleep. <laughs> it should serve to make us very happy to be living in the homes of our fathers. Eh? Otherwise, we might be traveling to who knows where, eh? paying money to someone like me. Sleeping in a corner like, like that one? <laughs> no, no, instead I get to rent out my room for the price of a, a few measly goats and end up sleeping at a table. So, you see, Caesar is very good for my business, but I don't think he's so good for my back. Uh, did I? Did I mention uh, that I dreamed of angels? I did, yes. <laughs> It was quite a dream, too. <laughs> I know. I know. You sit down, I tell you my dream. Right? And you interpret it. It would be just like Joseph and the Pharaoh of Egypt. I'll even, I'll even pay you. Yeah, well, in, in goat meat. Yeah. Eh? How about it? Eh? Good. Good. All right. Um, all right. Um... Angels. There were um, there were angels, and um, and there was Joseph and Mary, uh, the couple who came in late last night. They they were in the dream. Oh, even my sister's husband's occur, and the other shepherds. Oh, it all seemed very real. Oh, just as solid as me and you and the and this inn. <laughs> so how did it begin? Let me see. I was uh, taking food. I was taking food to the shepherds. I normally do that in the late evening. I had some bread, some cheese, some uh, wine, and some uh, goat meat. <laughs> yes, uh, the dream seemed so real to me. You know, I think I can remember smelling the meat and even getting some grease on my hands. So I started out the door. I walked toward the, the terraced hills, and then the night was clear. The stars, oh, the stars were magnificent. 
You know, it looked like you could reach up and touch each one. When I started up the first terrace, I, I thought I could see a light. And as I climbed each terrace, I could see the light a little better. And I hurried a little because the thought of a warm fire, oh, that was a, that was a welcome thought. And I almost topped the last hill when I stopped and I could finally see very clearly the light was not coming from a fire. Would you like, uh, <laughs> would you like to take a guess where the light was coming from? <laughs> Come on, guess, guess. <laughs> <It's> wrong. <laughs> Judas, it was an angel. It was an angel, Thildius. An angel so bright it lit up the night I could see as though it were day. And, and where? Where do you suppose the shepherds were? <laughs> they were on the ground, Thildius. Because who, who can stand before an angel of God? Even Zachar was frightened. I was frightened. And I knew it was a dream. And Thildius, Thildius... The angel didn't just shine, he spoke. Oh, it was an excellent dream. <laughs> guess what he said? Guess, guess. Guess, the odious, you're never going to earn your goat meat this way. He said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. You see? Julius, <laughs> an excellent dream. <laughs> Not only a speaking angel and a beautiful knight, but the birth of Messiah as well. <laughs> you know, you should pay me for a dream like this one. I would sleep every night at this table to dream such dreams. What would you say if I, if I told you there was more than one angel? Well, you, you take a guess. How many do you think there were? <laughs> come on, take a guess. Come on. I am not going to make fun of you again. Just guess. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> there was a whole host of them, Theodius. There were more angels than you could count. Angels without number. They were glorious. They were wonderful. They were, well, they were angels. And together they praised God. They, they praised God the way God should be praised. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. <laughs> I heard the angels, Theodius. My heart was so full of joy, of, of awe, so full of wonder. It nearly burst. I, I, I don't know what all of heaven will be like, but I must hear the angels again. I want to give glory to God with the angels. Eh? <laughs> what do you think of that, my friend? Eh? Who else do you know who can dream such dreams? Now, now, don't forget anything. When I finish, you are going to tell me what it all means. Eh? The light, the color, the sound. I'll remember this dream till the day I die. When, when, the, when the angels had gone, the shepherds got up and they tried to decide what to do. And uh, they made up their minds to go, to go down into the Bethlehem. 
to see this thing which the Lord had told them about. And I watched them start walking down the, down into the town, but I just stood there. And I thought the dream would be over, but after a while I got rather cold and I, well, I decided to follow my dream, since he'd obviously had somewhere to go. <laughs> I tried to catch up, but they were walking so fast and, and well, I was carrying all of that food. Now, do this. Can you guess where they found the Christ? Come on, <laughs> take a guess. <laughs> eh? Huh? All right, yes, my stable. Uh, very good, Theodius. <laughs> but can you guess who else was in the stable? <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you're right. Yes, Joseph and Mary. <laughs> all, right, all right, you were right. So there was Joseph, there was Mary, and the baby. Wrapped up in a manger. That's what the angel said to the shepherds. That is exactly what happened. So I stood there with my mouth open. I was, I was holding the food for the shepherds. I was thinking about God. The shepherds, they went, they went away to tell everyone what had happened. But I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, in a dream, sometimes you shouldn't speak, and there's no one to tell you what to do. And I, so I, I didn't quite catch something Joseph was saying to me. He came a little closer. He said, Akin. Akim, come in, see the Messiah. Come in, come in. Your, your arms are full, your cheeks are flushed. But something puzzled me. I said, uh, didn't the prophet Isaiah say Emmanuel would be born to a virgin? And Joseph smiled and he said to me, Akim, Mary is a virgin. An angel appeared to her told her of God's plan. The Holy Spirit conceived this child in Mary's womb. The angel spoke to me also. Akim, he told me the name we were to give the Messiah. He shall be called Jesus. I, could, I couldn't help it. I, I cried for the child, and Joseph asked, What is wrong, Akim? I said that uh, Isaiah had written his servant would be despised and rejected that his anointed would be cruelly treated. I told Joseph I was very sorry he had been born in my stable and not a fine palace. Instead, he should have had attendance and servants, music. But Joseph said, Akim, this is all that was left. And God has his own plan for the Christ. Well, since the shepherds were gone, I gave Joseph the food. And I asked them if there was anything else they might need. And Mary looked very tired, but she gave me a smile. <laughs> I started to ask if she were all right when the baby moved a little. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I looked at him. <laughs> I did. I looked at him. And I... Uh, I... <laughs> I saw the Messiah of God. <laughs> Swaddling clothes, he was little, brand new, um, <laughs> vulnerable. I never thought of the Anointed One in that way, as a child. 
how beautiful a dream, how, how wonderful the moment to see angels, to, uh, to meet Messiah. Joseph said, if you can spare them, Akim, we could use some fresh water and some clean linen. <laughs> if I could spare them. <laughs> I have just looked at Messiah. <laughs> I am ready to give the entire inn to this dear child, and Joseph asks for whatever I can spare. <laughs> and Mary said to Joseph, uh, uh, Jesus is awake now, Joseph, and I think perhaps Akim would like to hold him. Well, I, I did. I, I, I did want to hold him, but not just then. My hands were clean. They were... Well, uh, goat grease all, all over there. And, and they needed a few things, so I, I said I would be back after I wash. I came in here, and I washed, I, I gathered the linens and the water and the basin, and, and I, I sat down right here to think a little, and um, that, that's all I remember. Yes, that's it, that's all I remember, until I woke up and saw you standing over there. So, <laughs> so, what do you think of my wonderful dream? Eh? <laughs> it it begins with angels, eh? and shepherds, and the Messiah in a stable, and it ends with, uh, well, with with these linens and and this um, Walter Thudius. <laughs> The water and, and, and the linens, they're right there. <laughs> Isn't that a coincidence? Because Joseph said, if you could spare them, we could use some fresh water and some clean linen. And I came in here, I, I got the linen and the water, and I, I put it on the table there, and I came over here, sat down, and I fell asleep. <gasps> and it wasn't a dream. It wasn't, it wasn't a dream. Fildes, <laughs> it was real. It wasn't a dream at all. So, so what am I doing standing around here talking to you? I should be out there. Well, they're probably waiting for these things for hours. <laughs> Fildes, um, I want you to wake up everyone in the inn, all 21 of them. Uh, this one, uh, that, that one over there, the people in my room, uh, the two rooms on that side, and the, and the two families in the upstairs room. I want you to tell them, tell them, tell them Messiah has been born. He's in my stable. He's in my manger. I want you to tell them all uh, that if they want to see Messiah, they have to come outside. What? Well, Theodos, you, you tell them. You tell them where they can find Messiah. If they don't want to come to him, that is up to them, but you tell them. Oh, <laughs> I just remembered. Mary said they get to hold the baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hold Messiah. I'm going to hold Messiah. Wake them up. <laughs> Hurry. Wake them up. <laughs>
Uh, Well, God is always working in really special ways, even when you don't see it. And uh, certainly, Diane, I think back to that story that you told at the beginning of this episode, there was something that those kids could walk away with, with that surprise tour. Mm -hmm. Our dad loved us so much. He spent all this time and effort. (laughs) Our Heavenly Father does that for us as well. Mm -hmm. Um, How about you order some practical ways that you think we can make that connection with God like the innkeeper did. You know, there's always so much going on. And this year I did something new. I actually put on my phone calendar appointments to myself at 2.30 in the afternoon for three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, to remind me to stop, pause, breathe, think about what others may need, Hmm. and then remember the true reason for the season. That is awesome. Now, do you just plug it in and then it... I I just put it on my calendar. Do you ever find yourself so busy? Yes, that you forget Uh to stop. So by having that reminder pop up on my phone, there it is. This is a good word because I think all of us get caught up in the doing for the season. And what we need to make sure we do is schedule for some reflective time. Yeah, exactly. And I've already done it. It's already it's done in my calendar. Yeah. It's the great way for me personally to just pause. Well, this is not the same, but I was thinking this morning, I need to box up and give away some electronics that are time stealers for Ooh. me, just generally speaking, yeah. and maybe bless somebody else mm. with those things at this <laughs> Christmas. But uh, the point is, slow down, because you're not going to see God if you're not looking for him. You're not going to hear him if you're not listening for him. Correct. And we want to help you do that. That's what this podcast is all about. That's what Focus on the Family is all about, to help you strengthen your relationship with the God of the universe. So to that end, we have some fun, interactive things you can do with your family. You can stop by FocusOnTheFamily.com slash Christmas Stories to see those. We are at the end of the Advent season, but there's still time for you to uh, get ideas for next year and to do some things with the family still this season. One activity is looking up baby pictures, and that's a fun exercise. We have six kids, so that's a lot of baby pictures. We could spend weeks doing that, but look up baby pictures. Remind uh, yourself about the joy of a newborn and the birth of Christ and what that meant. Mm. Again, uh, you'll find reasons for the season at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash Christmas Stories. We certainly have enjoyed spending time with you during this past uh, several weeks, and please know that throughout the year, Focus on the Family is here for you. We want to help you grow in that relationship with God, to have a strong marriage, to equip your kids with a wonder for God, with a desire to know Him. And we have so many great resources and opportunities for you. We're a call away, so uh, reach out to us. We've got details in the episode notes. Well, my special thanks again to those who have joined us along the way here for this series. Paul Batura, Diane Angolia, Lisa Anderson, our producer John Pearden, and Mike for engineering along the way. And thank you for joining us for the Christmas Stories Podcast. Podcast.